Have you ever asked yourself, what's the best way I can contribute to sci-fi and fantasy in the literary world? If you have, the answer is simple. You just have to be Veronica Belmont or Tom Merritt and host the Sword and Laser podcast. If for some reason you can't be Veronica Belmont or Tom Merritt, however, don't despair. All is not lost. You can still head over to patreon.com slash swordandlaser and help fund their hard work. Every cent you give adds more swords and more lasers to their growing arsenal of speculative literary goodness. That's patreon.com slash swordandlaser. Welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it brings you so much more. Uh, it's actually, it doesn't bring you <laughs> distracted. A lot of food talk. <laughs> I got distracted because Ryan just walked up to the house and looked at me. But it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. <laughs> Your husband walked up and looked at you. How shocking. Well, he was outside and I'm facing the window and I wasn't expecting <laughs> I him. And so his sudden appearance was very jarring to me. So hey, ha- happy I, anniversary. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Two days and happy anniversary. Well, thank you. Yes. It's a good thing we got today, married. Today, right? Yeah. Yeah. Today. It's ours today as we're recording on the 20th and it's yours probably the day we post this, the 22nd. Yes. <laughs> Friday the 22nd this year. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you did you? I mean, you were in Korea. The trip so to that Korea was, a was big our because tw- yeah. it's our twentieth anniversary. So that was our that was our celebration. Oh, oh, we're coming up on this. Will be eleven, eleven. Nice, yeah. I think you're catching up. Uh, eleven, eleven, or uh, yeah, I think last year was we because we got married in twenty twelve. You got married so when yeah, the iPhone five came out. Yeah, because we had them delivered to our hotels. Because <laughs> I set mine up in my hotel wedding. room at your wedding. Oh, we're so pathetic. We're so <laughs> pathetic. Um, well, welcome back. I know we are a bit delayed on on our episode release thank schedule. You for um, your tolerance of, of the delay. Yeah, thank you, audience. Um, Tom, it's, it looked like you had a great trip. Any any highlights you want to share? Oh my gosh, so many! Did you see the library I went to at the Starfield Mall at Coex? I posted a picture I on did Instagram. Not. I think I missed that one. Actually, go dig that up uh, on my Instagram. Uh, it's actually not even the most impressive library in Seoul, uh, but it makes the best picture because mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. vertical <laughs> instead of oh, horizontal, sweet. and it's in yeah. the middle of a mall. So you're like, you know, walking past Louis Vuitton and Starbucks, and then suddenly you're in this library. It's a library, not a bookstore. Um, You can actually, like, take the books down. You can search the books, take them down. They don't let you borrow them, but you can read them on site. Uh, Then how is it a lot? It feels more like a book museum. more like a reading room. But, it's a book but museum. It, but it's not a but it's not a store. That's the thing. You think in a mall. Interactive, yeah. interactive book museum. Yeah, and uh, and the books are are they're real. They're not just decorative. It's a it's and they go up very far into the. Season. I had a dream two nights ago that I went to and they sell a similar too. kind of store, and I did not see your post. So this came out oh, of nowhere. I went to a store that was a a place where you would go that was affiliated with your library and it had like extra books that you could pick out, but you didn't check them out at the library. What? How did it work? 
it was like a bookstore, <laughs> but you just took the books oh. and then you returned them to your library. Oh, I see. So they were constantly issuing new books. That's kind of a cool idea. So they were like yeah. always different stock, like a bookstore. And then you take the book, but you don't buy it. You return it you to a library it. and then becomes part of the library. Yeah. Huh. Uh, that's an interesting That idea, is interesting, yeah. isn't it? That yeah. is interesting. Yeah. Huh. That's a really good idea. I like that idea. Although, well, if you coordinate with libraries on the stock, how do you work. make money? Maybe there's a how do libraries make money? Don't do libraries don't make money. Libraries are funded. They don't. No. They're funded. Okay. Yeah. So this would have to be a library that depended on popular books to fill or like books that people were actively reading to fill its, its I mean, stock. honestly, as a former cataloging librarian, it's a nightmare, <laughs> but it's a cool <laughs> idea. <laughs> um, all right. Well, welcome back. Happy to have you. Uh, tons has happened. Uh, tons has happened since you've been gone. Um, what are you nomming? I uh, nommed on a little braised pork, black beans, and potato over brown rice today. Mm, okay. I feel like I've, I've had been this on, on a Wednesday before, but it's really good. Is that like your, is it part of your like cycle of things you get delivered to you? Yeah. It's one of the Tavala meals. Okay. Um, yeah. Okay. That I heat up in the Tavala. Nice. I had, um, I've been on a PSL kick. What's that? Pumpkin spice latte. <gasps> oh yes. I've been, I've been, I've been that basic bitch. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That has been me. I am all about it. Um, I just, cause it's, it's on the way home from yeah. dropping off Julian at, at preschool. Do you wear your Crocs to go to Starbucks and get your pumpkin spice latte? I do not. I have, <laughs> I have some limits. Um, but, and I'm, I'm even dressed. I, I fully dressed to go well, to do dressed. preschool drop off. <laughs> I, felt like, I think it's, it's very kind of de rigueur to like go and drop off your kids in your like cool jammies. Yeah. Okay. And gotcha. I, I don't, yeah, I, I can't do it. Um, so I go and I do the drive through Starbucks on the way home and it's drive just been Starbucks too. drive through Starbucks. Nice. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's that really adds, fast. That adds to this. It never looks fast. We have one in our neighborhood. Every time we go buy it, there's like a line of cars. Wow. Yeah, this is, it's not usually too crowded when I'm there. That's so that's, maybe that's it. Um, so that's been my thing. Yeah. I, and I'm going to make the at home, um, uh, syrup. So there's tons of interesting recipes on TikTok for, for making your own, both your own pumpkin cold foam and your pumpkin, uh, syrup for making, uh, PSLs and you know, that kind of thing. Pumpkin not even flavored October treats. Not even October. It's so close. I'm uh, this weekend. This is the weekend. Close. I'm putting up the direct it's decorations. More than a week away. That's but you only get a month. <laughs> you only get a month of Halloween decorations. It's not enough. Eileen went to the Trader Joe's today for the first time since uh, before we left on our trip, uh, and she she put up an Instagram with like scary music at how many pumpkin spiced everythings they have at Trader Joe's. Oh my gosh. She's like, they were just it's, assaulting her of like, have it all. I Pumpkin wish, spice I wish we had a TJ's. Oh, I wish we had a TJ's here. We do not, unfortunately. Um, but I was just thinking about this. I was like, oh my gosh, like I haven't put up any fall decorations yet. 
It's already the end of September. It's not We've only actually got fall until a month today. and a couple of days <laughs> until Halloween. I don't know what Julian's going to be yet. I don't know oh, what I'm going to be okay. yet. Yeah. I ask him every single day and it changes every single day. Yeah. He's two. He's two. Like, I do not know. He's not going to remember by a Halloween what he what said today. What if I today? destroy his childhood by not giving oh, him no, the costume he you wants? Won't. I don't remember any of my Halloween costumes before age six. I just from pictures. I guess I probably do have seen some pictures, but I yeah. I remember dressing up as a football player when I was about six or seven. And then I wanted to be the football player every year after that. I'm not even my that um, my player. best friend down the street, Chris, and I went as um as a I was a dead cheerleader and he was a dead football player. Oh, and we I like were like yeah. seven or eight years old. Z- zombie kids. Yeah, it was pretty pretty gruesome. Um, Saray is pointing out that Trader Joe's has uh, apple cider, scented uh, foaming hand soap. <laughs> so that is <laughs> something that feels relevant to my interests. I'd worry I have to with say. my jet lag this past week that I would mistake the hand soap for some actual drink. You know, last year at this time, I was complaining. Yeah, that's possible. Last year at this time, I was complaining that I couldn't find apple cider. And the Whole Foods in West Vancouver had apple cider. But it was like a two-liter jug. Oh, yeah, that's And it was much. $22. Oh, my gosh. I was gosh. like, I do not need Canadian. And I was like, I do not Still. need that much apple cider. $22. That's like 25,000 won. <laughs> too much. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much. Um, so anyway, that's, that's my life right now. Drinking PSLs, uh, fighting back like early onset seasonal depression and not being able to leave my house because I'm injured all over my body, which we'll talk about later in in the barrier sword. (laughs) It's called a tease ahead in the business folks. It's a tease. It's a tease ahead. Um, all right, let's jump into the quick burns. Decado uh, posted in our discord that George RR Martin has joined the authors guild lawsuit against OpenAI uh, mm. for using copyrighted works in OpenAI's training algorithms. Now, I see this misreported in a lot of places and not intentionally misreported, just not yeah. to the accuracy that I think is necessary to truly understand what's going on, because I think the Authors Guild and George R. R. Martin have a good point, but I think the point is often lost uh, because people think something else is going on. So if I may, okay. Veronica, I would like to explain Please. my take on this as the host of Daily it. Tech News Show. Um, yes. What OpenAI is doing is not putting Game of Thrones in a pile of data and then serving it in pieces to people. That would be clear copyright infringement. Right. What OpenAI is doing is taking all the text on the internet it can possibly find, and that often includes copyrighted works, including ebooks and things like that, and then training an algorithm to try to understand how words fit together. So right. there's not a copy of Game of Thrones in the OpenAI algorithm. What happened was the algorithm was fed Game of Thrones amongst millions of other words to give it examples of like, here's how words fit together. And the way the algorithm works, I'm not going to get into because that's that's too deep for this discussion. But essentially, the algorithm is really good at taking all that data and now understanding like, oh, if you say George R. R. Martin, 
I know that these words were already always in books that had his name, and so I can understand that these kinds of words put together might be related to George R. R. Martin. So if you ask ChatGPT, for example, to say, write a paragraph in the style of George R. R. Martin, it would be able to mimic that. It is not copying Game of Thrones, except maybe by accident, if it's just really good and happens to come up with the same stuff, it is trained to understand things. Right. And not even understands probably a bad word. It's trained to know how words are arranged. It's, yeah. It's trained to recognize a reasonable order yes. of words and sentences to try to complete to the best of its ability the query that has been given to it. And all it's doing when you ask it a question is going, huh, the likeliest first word, given that string of words you gave right. me, is this. And then after that, the likeliest next word. And it's actually not even doing words. It's actually breaking it down even smaller. But that would be getting too deep. So, you know, and honestly, like, that's the thing that kind of makes me sad when yeah. I think about it. <laughs> like, when you think about how it actually works, it really takes a lot of the magic out of yeah. the experience for it, me. It's true. Like, you're so not I talking not to, to anything. It too much. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really just a, just shy of a random generator, uh, but shy enough that it makes sense. So what the suit is doing is saying you trained your algorithm on our copyrighted works without our permission. And, and that I think is a reasonable complaint. I think there's merit to that. Uh, no pun intended, uh, (laughs) because it is copyrighted and you accessed Mm -hmm. the work for a reason that may not be intended. Now, there's all kinds of different copyright laws in all kinds of different places on earth. This is in the United States. And in the United States, copyright is fixed at the time of publication. Don't have to register it. And there is no right to use copyrighted works. There is a defense called fair use where you can go to a judge if you're accused of infringing copyright and say, totally infringed copyright, but I made a fair use of it so I shouldn't be penalized. And I won't get into that. I have a whole episode to know a little more if you want to get into copyright and fair use. But you have to convince the judge that you made a fair use. And in this case, there is absolutely no precedent Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. using copyrighted works to train an algorithm about whether it's fair use or not. There's no law specifically targeted towards this kind of use. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see how the judges rule in these kinds of cases because Essentially, there needs to be a new law to say, hey, we never had this kind of thing before. Here's how we think it should work. And there's a great argument that there should be some kind of permission granted or some standards around when it's fair to use and when it's not and whether royalties would, you know, you could have some kind of mechanical royalty where you don't have to get permission, but you do have to pay something like that. All that has yet to be decided, though. It's it's so interesting, too, because once like, – how do you put that genie back in the bottle? Like, it has to be – there's no taking it back at this point. Yeah. So the only thing you can do is pay, I guess. Well, or, if- or, or pay or get permission or – essentially, we're forced to answer the question, how should this work? <laughs> what is yeah. a fair way for this to work so that the technology is useful? Because if you can't train – on any copyrighted work, it makes the the technology much less useful. Uh, so is there a way to say, well, we should allow this technology to be useful because it is, but we can be fair to authors and artists and musicians by doing this like that. That's what really needs to happen. 
sadly, a law, a, a court of law is not where that's going to happen. The judge is just going to go, well, based on the laws we have now, uh, here's the best approximation. Uh, we're going to, we're, we, we need an actual law to be created for this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I guess it, it's frustrating because I, I agree with you that I think there's not enough information and not enough discourse happening before these things need to be decided. And so I think we're going to get into a situation where precedents are set very early mm-hmm. that are going to have probably long-term ramifications on the evolution of these technologies and, and how they're used and, and accessed. And I don't know if that's good. I don't know if that's bad. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty, I, I tend to fall into the camp of a lot of the, and this is not the podcast to have this conversation on. I tend to fall into the camp of a lot of these concerns are overblown. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's just me. That's just my, my IMO. Um, I am (laughs) HO. Um, but it's, it's, so yeah, I get I get worried when I start to hear about these types of of decisions and and these types of articles where, you know, it's feeling very reactionary versus. But I understand too. Like, I, if I were George R. R. Martin or if I were any one of these authors involved in the case, I would probably feel very uncomfortable knowing that my intellectual property was being used at this scale mm-hmm. for for very broad purposes without really understanding how it's being used. There's an anthropological principle at work here. Uh, I've read about I'm it. I'm getting in- tech reporter voice, <laughs> I noticed. Sorry. There's an <laughs> anthropological back. principle at work where you, if you want to study a community, the best way to study a community is to involve the community in your study. Right. Which sounds Mm -hmm, unscientific mm -hmm. because, you know, aren't you going to be biased? But the community might thwart you and not show you its real self unless you get its permission. Uh, And that's extended a lot of times in situations where, let's say you want to develop land. uh, The bad way is to just go and try to buy it or take it. Uh, the good way is to go to a community and say, hey, here's how this could benefit you. Here are the downsides. Can we get you on board and be involved in this? And those go always go much better. This is a great example of AI just came along and started doing stuff and nobody went to the communities involved and said, mm-hmm, hey, mm-hmm. let's involve you in the process from the beginning. And I'm not even criticizing the, the companies for doing that uh, so much as saying, gosh, if somebody had thought to do that then we'd be having different conversations. Can you imagine them? I mean, can you just even imagine them not thinking to do that? Yes, I like, can. Well, really? Because, like because, being like, I'm going to take copyrighted work. Because they're not, because that's not how it worked. It wasn't, oh, here's a bunch of copyrighted works. Well, I know I probably shouldn't, but I'm just going to take them. What happened was they said, point this at the internet and, and get all the text. The internet's open. So we have, we have the right to crawl these, these websites. It's just data. They didn't think through how the community on the other side would react. It's, it's a lack of empathy, I feel like. Well, then that feels like the precedent for that feels like the the kind of crux of this argument is that those things were on the open Internet. Like they I mean, they weren't scraping Kindle.com or Amazon for well, sure. like, were but they? You, but <laughs> just because it's on the open Internet doesn't mean it's not protected by copyright. Okay. 
I can't, yeah. even though, you know, all of Sword and Laser articles are on the open internet, if someone came and copied them and made another site called Lord and Caesar, we would be like, Please hey, don't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. do that. It's copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've 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 uh, we've definitely gone through this for a long time. So good good suggestion. Uh, moving on, John Taloni uh, says that Gail Carriger has announced that Dome Six, the concluding book in the Tinkered Star Song trilogy, will be out on October first. This is the one she was referring to in the K-pop post we talked about previously. Oh, and I have, have you guys sensed, chatted yet? Yes, I have sensed, uh, <gasps> exchanged some emails with, with Gail and, and we've geeked out a little bit on, on some How of fun. our overlapping fandoms. And I was going to Korea and then she was going somewhere. And so when she's back, we're going to confab again. It's going to be super fun. I'm looking forward to it. Excellent. You should, you should record it and do it, uh, oh, release yeah, it as, a, if she's as a podcast cool that, extra. I'll definitely do that. Yeah. That would be super fun. Uh, Ruth pointed out that the British Fantasy Awards have been announced at a star-studded ceremony in Britain's second city, Birmingham. The awards are nominated by members of the British Fantasy Society, and then the winner of each category is selected by a jury of highly intelligent and attractive <laughs> fe- people. Full disclosure, Ruth was on the jury of ah, the Best Magazine Awards. Yes. So it's I just felt true. that's where that may have been yeah, going. No. <laughs> yeah. So she knows of which Amazing. she speaks, right? Mm-hmm. The winner mm-hmm. of the Best Fantasy Award novel was The Spear Cuts Through Water, a novel by Simone Jimenez. And the winner of Best Horror Novel was Just Like Home by Sarah Gailey. You can read the full list of winners and nominees at BritishFantasySociety.org. Fantastic. 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 Very cool. Uh, Jan says, uh, Tor.com has released their summer short fiction bundle. Summer short fiction bundle. The bundle includes The Star Bear by Michael Swanwick, After the Animal Flesh Beings by Brian Evanson, Chefo by Jonathan Carroll, Detonation Boulevard by Alistair Reynolds, What It Means to Be a Car by James Patrick Kelly, Headhunting by Rich Larson, The Three O'Clock Dragon by John Wiswell, and The Job at the End of the World by Ray Nyler. I love some of those titles. Uh, and Tor published this on September 15th. So even though it's the summer bundle, I assume this means it's the books, like the stories summer. from the summer now that we're towards the end. Yeah. Okay. As I feel like this is just part of the conspiracy to prevent me from putting up my Halloween direction uh, decorations <laughs> for, for one more week. Uh, right. Christos wanted us to know that Audible's working on a Buffy audio drama with most of the cast returning. Uh, and it takes place 10 years after the finale of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The audio novel story, whatever you call it, is called Slayers. Hey, you know, we haven't, talked at all about Felicia's uh, new audible fantasy adventure I that she we put mentioned out. it, but yes, I don't it's think worth mentioning did. again, if we haven't, it's not out yet. Um, it's called the third eye or third eye rather. Um, and it's got a bunch of really big names like Sean Astin, Neil Gaiman, uh, Will Wheaton, Lily Pichu, London Hughes. Um, so it's, it sounds pretty amazing. So I, I wonder if we could get Felicia to come and talk about it at some point. All we can that do would is be pretty ask. cool. All we can hope for. And then go <laughs> trip her. <laughs> Once upon a time in the magical land of San Francisco, there lived a not so ordinary girl named Laurel Pettigrew. She was supposed to be the chosen one. The plan was simple. She would vanquish the great evil Tybus in an epic battle, but destiny had other ideas and Laurel's performance in the whole heroics department was a colossal flop. 
All right. That's the, yeah, I remember uh, when I saw the, the art for this, I was like, that looks like San Francisco. And then I realized it was San Francisco. And you're like, hey, you know why? Because it's San Francisco. Uh, yeah, we talked about it on July 5th, episode 465. Love how you just did that. I could have done that too, I guess, on Google Sheets. But there you go. You're all right, Elizabeth says she did a quick burn. All right, everybody. Okay, you're all, your memories are better than mine. Thank Who you. you okay. Who, where even am I right now? I don't even know. Too many injuries to the head recently. All right. Uh, Trike says, nope, not Trike. Oaken, Oaken on why you shouldn't bother reading the blurbs on books when making your selection. TLDR, authors hate writing blurbs, hate asking for blurbs, and, quote, submitting a glowing blurb without actually liking the book was commonplace in the industry. Ooh. Boy, Esquire had a hold of fill in their editorial calendar because this ain't news. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me more, Tom. No, don't you think everybody just assumes this or knows it? Like that. It, it, I have written blurbs and I've always meant my blurbs. I've actually meant many a blurb. That's the news <laughs> is that Veronica and I have actually meant blurbs that we wrote. I took it very seriously. Yeah. I have definitely once written a blurb. Not for someone I didn't think deserved it, but for a book that I hadn't finished. Okay, that's fair. I felt like I was cheating when I wrote the blurb. Mm. But I've never blurb. I've never blurbed anybody I didn't think deserved it. But I know people who've been like on the fence. I don't think anybody blurbs if they don't think the person deserves it. I think they'll politely decline, but I know people will blurb when they're like, well, I don't really know this person, but okay, yeah, I'll do a quick read through and blah, 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 blah. I'm, I have one blurb. I can't remember what I said in the blurb. I blurbed the Oatmeal's book and they published it, Yeah, the blurb, but I feel like I didn't do a very good job on the blurb. I've always felt pretty bad about that. Like I felt like I could have done better. <laughs> what was your blurb? Like not I a don't great remember. book. <laughs> I don't remember. It wasn't. <laughs> I think it was, I don't remember the blurb, but what I'm, what I'm trying to say is I think it was not up to the oatmeal's comedic standards. I like I see. feel like I could have tried harder. But what is? What is, right? Right. That's a hard, that's a high bar to meet. To meet. Yeah, I know. I know. So I feel like I couldn't live up to that. So I think it was just stress. I think you should, anyway, I think you should forgive yourself. I'll forgive myself. I'll forgive myself. Uh, you were mentioning Trike earlier, I believe. I was. Trike I was. says that Dennis E. Taylor announced he's finished the final edits on Bobaverse Book Five. The title, <laughs> Not Till We Are Lost. I didn't know there was going to be more. Book Five. I didn't either. Oh yeah. my gosh. Or if I did, oh I gosh. forgot. Who am I? I had um me. Um, I had a, I feel like it's going to be tough going back into the Babaverse. Like there's so, it's so complicated at this point. I feel like I'd need to do a Wikipedia catch up. Yeah. Yeah. That would be helpful. Um, or but we I'm, just have Dennis doing. Taylor on the show and we haven't had an author interview. In Are a you long like, let's just time. get Dennis Taylor on the show so he can tell me. <laughs> so he can explain to me what the hell's going on. So what do on? I need to know going into book five, Dennis? Can you remind me who are all these Bobs? He's going to be like, I don't remember either. I had I had like, to do the book, but I yeah. I've got a document. I don't yeah, know. Exactly. ChatGPT is helping <laughs> in, me write it. Scribd. There we go. <laughs> um, Mark says, "Vexing mystery solved. The illustrator for the Dell paperback edition of A Wrinkle in Time has been found." 
And then Kenley, Kenley added on the Discord. That's what that note means. Recently, I was talking with a friend about how bad Google searching has become with the first four or five always being sponsored. He then sent me this article about how the writer Sarah Elizabeth was working on her book, The Art of Fantasy, out September 12th. A particular illustration kept popping into her mind's eye. It was the cover for the 1976 Dell Laurel Leaf paperback edition of Madeline Langle's classic sci-fi fantasy novel, A Wrinkle in Time. Anyway, she couldn't find it in Google, but here's a transcript of where the illustrator was finally found. Now, mm. at first, I started paging through this transcript to be like, well, we need to find out who, who the artist was. And then I realized like, well, that, that's kind of unfair to the podcast. <laughs> so we'll just leave the that's link true. in the show notes. That's true. And you'll be able that's to find true. it yourself. That does sound interesting. That sounds like a fun, fun listen. Yeah. Uh, finally licorice not finally not finally well, not yes, finally it, you'll see why it's finally uh okay in uh because it's the same person in two different places oh it is yeah really <laughs> yeah licorice and oh. spells are the same just one was on goodreads and the other was in discord licorice that's confusing i think is that is it did you get if that it, from from goodreads or i or? got the bottom one from discord you got this one i guess from goodreads eh Oh, maybe that's it. Or maybe Licorice posted it in the Discord quick burns, but Spells was the one. Anyway, this was a plea to include this in quick burns. Aussie girl experiences spontaneous cranial explosion at the news of a sword and laser wiki. There's a wiki for reals? Yeah, this is from Spells. Is Licorice Spells? Is Spells Licorice? But those are both Discord, so it can't be. That's why I guess that can't be. So apparently, uh, I think it was Tomahome. Was it you that that spilled the beans that uh, that there's a wiki uh, for to to spells in that channel? Um, but anyway, someone someone informed spells because they were like, "What were well, like?" They had recommended. I think it was Richard Cadry as an author for us to read, and then they were like, "Oh, like how would how do I know what the previous reads are?" And then Tomahome or someone was saying. Like, oh, we have a wiki. And then Tazzy Dave and other folks were like, oh, we actually like, you know, we're the ones, we're the keepers of the wiki. And their brain exploded that there was a wiki. The wiki is really good, y'all. If you have not been to the wiki, it is incredible. It is like, it is so good. And I, and Tom and I use it all the time to remember stuff we've read or like when we read something or what like a, what the uh, alt read was for a certain month or like, et cetera. And so like there it's, it's great. It's fantastic. So excellent work. Thank you to everybody who submits to that. You're, you're amazing. What? Uh, Yeah. I, so I think what happened, I think I'm piecing it together now. Spells said this (laughs) in the thread about the October book pick. And then I think licorice because what spells wrote was ace detect, please, please put this in the actual quick birds. I think licorice then was like, let me go post it, it in, in the, the quick birds qu- channel for Lickers, you. Put it in yeah. the quick burns yes. channel. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw it and I didn't think you had seen it. So I put it in the, yeah. All right. Well, that's what happened. Sarah didn't know there was a wiki. What? See, we're, we're, we are informing. Meet your soul. Meet your soul. We're informing folks. I love this. I love it. Yeah. It's a resource. It's an incredible resource. It is. Um, so thank you to everybody who submitted uh, stories for the Quick Burns this week. You can do so by posting over on Goodreads or over in our Quick Burns discussion on Discord. All right. Well, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. 
Um, Do I play a crickets sound effect? (laughs) I don't don't really have have one. one? No. Jim will will do it in post, and if he doesn't, it'll still be funny. That's very close. They're pretty close. Uh, We didn't really have any barrier sorty things in the Goodreads this week. Turp Kristen was asking a very practical question about whether we can solicit book picks for the month places besides discord, which is totally reasonable. Um, but, but not exactly a comment to share. So we were wondering like, okay, people stopped using email. So we stopped getting emails from people a long time ago Mm -hmm. and we Mm -hmm. have a very active discord. So I feel like people are posting less personal, regular things on Goodreads. So Discord's awesome and y'all are having a great time in there and I love seeing it and I wish I had time to participate more than I do, but it's also hard to kind of collect the feedback from Discord Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because just the way it works, it's like a chat room, right? So it's harder to scan through and look for posts. So Discord does have a forum function. That's how we do our book suggestion threads. Uh, So I started... Under the general chat, I started a thread called Bear Your Sword, where we invite you to leave feedback you want read on the show. But don't we have, I mean, we have a separate chat for quick burns. Should we have just done that for? Well, because I wanted to make it a thread because that's easier to scan. I should probably have I made see. quick burns a thread, but I, see. We, I okay. don't think they had threads when we created the quick yeah. burns chat. So Got it. Okay. Okay. I'm still figuring out Discord. I still find it very confusing for me because I'm in Slack all day. And so the the slight differences are enough to like trip me up mm, every mm-hmm. once in a while, yeah. but I'm getting used to it. They're like alt universe versions of each other. For sure. Um, yeah. So let's, let's keep that conversation going. Um, or you can, you please can still email, email us. us. <laughs> we do have an email address. We do check the email yeah. feedback at sword and laser. It's kind of sad when we check it's the a little email. archaic. Yeah. It's all, it's all like PR emails from PR companies. or like Not, spam on which the are blog. Fine, but yeah. 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 We don't do a lot of PR type stuff exactly. on the show. It's so it's kind of our thing. Not our bag so. per se. Post on Goodreads. We're not telling you to stop, but if you're the people who haven't been posting on Goodreads for whatever reason, there's a Barrier Sword thread in the Discord, and Tamahome has already uh, kicked it off by posting Schwing. Schwing! Um, Thank you. So yeah, go join that, or send us an email, feedback at swordandlaser.com. But we have some feedback from uh, Veronica at (laughs) swordandlaser.com. Just... Who just let us know uh, what's been going on with her the past three weeks and and why her hand is Luke Skywalker's <laughs> mechanical hand? I um so uh, as the chat room was joking around earlier, I picked a fight with a tree and lost, um, which means that I went to the Friday after our last podcast, so like two days after we spoke last, um, I went to the bike park in Whistler with Ryan, my husband. And um, on the second run of the day, I just smashed into a tree. I just took a turn not tight enough and uh, clipped my left hand um, into the tree and went over the bars and broke my fifth metacarpal. Um, And uh, yeah, it was pretty gnarly. So I went to the emergency room. I had um, surgery a couple days later. I've still got, I've got two, uh, what are called K wires in my hand right now. So you can actually 
see the cables coming sticking out of my hand, which is pretty Whoa. wild. Yeah, so I've got this hard shell, hard shell brace right now that has like a bump on the top that is gives me space for the wires to stick out. <laughs> um, so I don't bump into That's them. Wild. Yeah. And so yeah, Saray asks, how's that Canadian healthcare? Excellent, I have to say. <laughs> like truly, truly, like a, a very good experience so far. So I'm I'm very quite grateful. Um, and then I had a previously scheduled surgery on my foot. Oh. Um, from last week. And so I also now have a, uh, a, I just had surgery on my toe, um, for a calcified bursa. So my bursa, which is a sack that sits around your joints, um, decided it wanted to be a bone instead of a sack. You know, and so it turned into a little rock on the side of my foot. Um, so I had to have that removed so it wouldn't stick out of the side of my foot anymore. Mm. And so now I'm just hobbling around like a sad sack. POS. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like just I'm so pathetic and depressed. And so I decided I'm going to get a tattoo tomorrow. Good for so, you. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, you've already had yeah. so many needles injected in you. Why not That's a few more for fun, right? I'm like, I can't do anything. I can't go outside. I can't have fun. Like, I just like sit around. And so I was like, might as well get a tattoo. So I'm going to get a tattoo tomorrow. I decided. Are you going to say what it was, what it is, what it's going to be? Um, it's going to be, um, and oh yeah. Well, thank you, Sarah. She said rough couple of weeks. And also just like stuff at work is bananas, but I won't mm. get into that. So it's just a nightmare. <laughs> I, I can um, imagine. So I'm going to get, um, I don't usually talk about my tattoos before I get them. So it feels well, that, kind of yeah, weird. I wasn't, I was, I was asking if you want to tell, not asking you to tell. So if you want to keep it a secret, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, I'm, I'm, it's a, it, it's a little bit spontaneous. So uh-huh. we'll, let's see how things go. Right, and then I'll right, talk yeah. about it on the next episode. Keep us in suspense. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, not super crazy. It's just, a, it's a smaller, smaller piece from no, what I normally have. It's not going to be a Tamahome tattoo. It's not going to be a tattoo of Tomahome. Sorry. Mm. Next time. Or will it? Tune in next time and find out. <laughs> <laughs> How many tattoos do I have already? I don't have that many. I have one, two. I have three relatively large pieces. So my tattoos are not tiny. My tattoos are relatively on the larger size mm-hmm. side. Um, so this one will be somewhat smaller. Um, and I think I'm going to get it on the back of my leg, There's a, which kind of sucks because I can't shave my leg right now. So they're going to have to, this guy is going to have to see my hairy ass leg tomorrow because my left, I'm left-handed. Oh, and so you can't I can't get hold, bodega to do it. I cannot get bodega to do it. Damn so it. like usually tattoo artists will shave the area anyway, but yeah. like then they photograph it. Uh-huh. So I'm kind of feeling a little <laughs> bit like. Like the, there's going to be like a, a bald patch with the tattoo and then everything around is going to be like, has not shaved for like a month on oh, my leg. So yeah. I'm looking forward to that. That should yeah, be great. Good times. Sounds great. Yeah. yeah. He's probably going to be attractive. That's the way it always is. And sure. I'm just going to make me feel even worse. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Good yep. luck. So that'll be fun. So they don't care. I know they say they don't care, but they, they, it's going to. But in, in Veronica's mind, she has convinced herself that they care. So nothing can change they that. They care. It's just like, you know what I mean? I'm just being self-conscious. It's like a doctor, right? Like I've seen everything. Yeah. yeah. I know. I know. I had to fart really a lot during my last tattoo. And that was very stressful. We'll get it all out this time ahead of time. I will. Okay. <laughs> Somewhere someone's saying TMI, Veronica. 
Because every yeah. time I talk about bodily that's, functions. That's T T M I. Too too much. Like too too much. <laughs> like farting. We all fart. Anyway, whatever. Fine. What's going on with you, Tom? Uh, <laughs> Interesting. I went to Korea. Yeah, we talked about that already. We Tom. ate stuff. God. We didn't eat. Right, talk let's about talk it about on the book. <laughs> let's talk about the book. I already heard about your nice trip, your fun trip that you got to walk hear around and do cool shit. I don't want to hear about your fun trip when I was hitting I don't want to hear about your fun trip anymore. I'm done. There is a book. <laughs> I read a um, book. This is what I'm going to say. Uh, uh, when I was in Korea, a lot of times I would be sitting on trains and I uh, read this amazing book called China Mountain Zhang by Maureen F. McHugh. Yes. Let's talk about that. Non-spoilery discussion. This is not a wrap-up, correct? Correct. I mean, it could okay. be, but I don't think it should be. I don't think it should be either. Um, and so, of course, we're going to kick off uh, this discussion with what are we nomming in China-dominated communist America? Oh, thank goodness By for Yan. Yan says, a new month, a new what are we nomming thread. So what foods, snacks, drinks, or other treats are you enjoying while reading China Mountain Zhang? Are there any food items in the book that stand out? Anything inspired by the novel? Instead of giving a cocktail recommendation, I am polling the Sword and Laser audience this month for their favorite picks at a Chinese restaurant. Mm. My own favorite Chinese restaurant dish is cold poached chicken with ginger scallion sauce. So simple and refreshing and savory at the same time. What is yours? That sounds wonderful. Uh, Tassie Dave goes for lemon chicken and or uh, meat fried rice. Uh, Oaken goes for dim sum. Always a good choice. Oh, oh my gosh. And gave a lychee martini recipe, which you can get over there at Goodreads. Um, whoa. Jan imagined a margarita with tequila infused with Szechuan peppercorns. Oh my God. For the Hispanic so Chinese heritage of China Mountain Zhang. That's such a good idea. I love like the food from Sichuan province was like my, so I went to China do you remember that? Yeah, you took a food to China. tour, right? I took a food tour. I guess this is extra relevant. Um, I took a food tour um, for two and a half weeks in China with a um, British, actually, chef uh, named Fuchsia Dunlop, who's uh, pretty well known in the in the chefing industry. And she leads um, she leads these tours where she will take you around to a number of different provinces. Um, and she speaks fluent Mandarin um, and so and knows so many of the chefs and cooks and, and people um, at the places that she visits. And so she let, there are probably like 20 of us. Um, and we just traveled around for two and a half weeks with her as our guide, um, eating and cooking. And it was really, and, and that was actually when I broke my other hand. <laughs> so I was in a, <laughs> I was in a brace for that This story trip. is getting more and more relevant all the time. <laughs> Um, so it was, it was a wonderful trip and I was not vegetarian at the time. So I, I did eat a lot of, um, things that I would have previously considered quite unusual, uh, as per my previous kind of like repertoire of food that I had eaten. Um, but it was so much fun and the food was incredible. And yeah, Sichuan province had probably, cause I love spicy and the food was insane. So good. So what very, lots be, of happy memories there. What would be your go-to Chinese meal your chinese entree um mapo yeah 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 i've had it both i i get it regularly in america and canada but also in china the i had i ate mapo quite a bit and that was probably one of my favorite it's just one of my favorite dishes of all time i have never been to china so all my chinese food experience is from american chinese restaurants um 
But our go-tos, I can tell you every time we order takeout from a Chinese restaurant, it's going to be salt and pepper prawns. It's going to be uh, the sautéed spinach. And mm-hmm. it's going to be uh, the chow fun noodles. Probably just the everything chow fun where they throw it all in there. But we might vary that and pick it like shrimp chow fun or something like that. But every time it's going to be those. Yeah, for American Chinese, I love hot and sour soup. Mm, mm-hmm. It's one of my favorites. And scallion pancake. Um, yeah, gosh. Dim sum, xiaolongbao. Yeah, I love a dim um, sum too. That's a whole separate. Yeah. That, to me, we do dim sum at the restaurant. We do the order I just mentioned more as a takeout thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I haven't found a good a good place in Squamish yet, um, but Vancouver has tons of great Chinese places. So I need to need to get up in there. Need to get up in there. Get <laughs> I'm missing up in it. That. I'm missing it a lot. I'm missing it quite a bit. San Francisco had had great Chinese American yeah. Chinese food. So missing that. All right. Um, thank you, thank you, Jan, for sharing that. And then this is. I want to throw this out here, like. This doesn't feel like it kind of feels like a sci-fi book, but I don't really, I'm not really getting like, I, it feels more like all future history to me. Is this related to the next thread we're reading? I'm sorry. I should read the thread. So John Taloni says, I had a hard time characterizing this book. Some parts of it fit would fit the future of any prospective New York or Baffin Island for that matter. The kites, the whale research. Yeah, it could happen. So it's like a logical extension of the future, except for when it isn't. And then he has, he goes into the kind of more spoilery conversation about like, is this a dystopian future? Um, I don't know. I I don't know. I think for some people, I think the world right now is quite dystopian for many people. Many people are suffering under the current cultural like landscape for sure. Um, And that's definitely the same in in this book as well. Um, But yeah, I guess it depends on your definition of dystopian. I don't think it's dystopian. Uh, Mm -hmm. I I don't think it's utopian. So I guess I would just let me me clarify. I want to say I, I don't think it's any more dystopian then our world is dystopian. Well, I also don't think our real world. I don't think our world is dystopian. That's why I'm saying any more dystopian. If you consider now to be dystopian, then you would maybe consider this novel's timeline to be dystopian. If you, it's just, what is dystopian? What is, what does it mean? Where I was going is that what I love about the book is that it's not, dystopian in the sense of it being like ah here's a world where things are bad because they're not they're not all bad bad no it's actually also not that good uh you know it's actually the real world maureen f McHugh pulled off a pulled off a, a feat here by projecting a future that feels possible in fact Living in 2023 gives us the privilege of testing just how possible it feels by just how many things in this you catch yourself going like, well, that's obvious. And then you go, oh, but for Maureen McHugh in 1992, it would not have been obvious, right? Yeah. And she nails so many things. 
So I, I think she does an excellent job of saying, yeah, the world is never as bad as people imagine or as good as they want it to be. It's always, uh, or at least it has been up until now, tilted in a certain manner. And most people are just trying to get by in the system. And that's what our Raphael China Mountain Zhang is trying to do is just figure out his way forward. Uh, it's so good at that, that the occasional thing she got wrong where you're like, oh, we we really don't have uh, attitude towards homosexuality in that way, right? Not saying it's you know perfect or anything, but there's like certain things that felt very '90s, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. things have evolved since then. She didn't she didn't project as much evolving. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of printing out of emails of what we would call emails, <laughs> yes, where you're like, yes. wow, well, I don't think we really print those, but okay, you know. So those stand out because so much of the rest of it is like, yeah, no, that that fits right in with the way things are going. Yeah, yeah. I I have a a lot of disorganized thoughts around um, Maureen McHugh and her ability to write from the perspective of a, of a mixed race gay man living between many worlds. And I'm just so curious about her background now yeah. and her knowledge into Who did she know? Who the did culture. She like how did, yeah. and I, I'm just, I, I don't have the perspective obviously. So I can't say whether, how, quote unquote, correct, she got it, you know, because I, I too am a, am a middle-aged white woman, um, without that experience. And so I, I'm just, I'm so fascinated by her ability to me, it felt very real. And to me, it felt very honest. Um, and I, I just would love to learn more about her, her background and her knowledge in the space, because the, 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 the author's kind of like notes at the end, where like, you know, she talked a lot about language and why she chose to to use this kind of Mandarin for her mm-hmm. translations and that kind of thing. And I found it very interesting. Um, but yeah, she seems she seems super interesting. And I don't know, I don't know enough about her 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 collection of work to know like how typical this is of her writing or what other kinds of stuff she writes. I know she wrote like Mothers and Other Monsters, I believe, which I've heard a lot about in in my in my, in my travels in, in the world of, of genre fiction. Um, but I, I don't know much about her, the rest of her books. So yeah, I just, I found it really interesting. I would love, I would love to hear more people's perspectives about this novel and like what they thought about it and the characterization and, and, you know, he's such an interesting character. Um, and we'll have more to talk about in the wrap up episode, but that was the thing that was kind of tickling the back of my mind. Like I had to take a break and like briefly double check myself to make sure that she wasn't a Chinese author mm, or a mm-hmm. Chinese American author. Yeah. Uh, it would, it would be valuable to know more details and there, many of them are out there. We, uh, you know, our apologies that we haven't gone and collected them all for us, but, but uh, what were the things she was steeped in that gave her the appreciation of so many things to be able to relate them in a way that didn't feel false, didn't Mm -hmm. feel made up, uh, felt like, oh, this is someone with a deeper understanding of what's going on and then projecting it into a alternate future. Right. Right. On top of all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So I, I, I would love to learn more about that. And, and that's, you know, hopefully, hopefully some research we'll get a chance to do before the wrap up episode. 
I love, I was a little nervous about picking a nineties book again, because every time I pick an old book, everybody gets their backups. Like, ah, here comes an old book. Uh, (laughs) and so I'm very pleased that Mm -hmm. this is a book where people are going, oh, I don't have to say, well, for its time, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. At least not very often. Yeah. There were, there weren't a ton of moments in the book that made me feel like you said, the printing out of things was yeah, probably the main one for me. Yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh a little bit internally. Um, and also the needing a, like the, I don't feel in the future, like lack of internet accessibility will be an issue. And that was definitely a problem or yeah. bandwidth or. Sure. Yeah. Although it's all relative, right? Maybe in, Every, maybe in communist America, it would be. Exactly. I was wondering about right. that, but also like, as technology improves, we always use up available bandwidth and then bandwidth is short True. and maybe it's economic, right? That was, that's another yeah. part of it. Verging on spoilers. So I don't want to go too much farther, but yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I liked it. I liked it. It was, um, it felt, it felt very unique for, for us in terms of like the kind of books we read because it, it to me, it kind of, yeah, skirted that line of historical fiction and like future historic, I don't know what to call it. It doesn't, it's not quite sci-fi to me. It's like future historical fiction. Like all of yeah. the technology felt within the realm of possibility, you know, maybe with a few caveats, like we've already discussed in terms of like catching up with the current timeline, mm-hmm. um, but did not feel that crazy to me. Yeah. So like hard sci-fi, historical fiction, blending the genres there some a of it bit. was and I, I i won't spoil anything but some of it was science fiction when she wrote it and yeah. isn't now <laughs> that those are the ones that kind of made me go oh wait like that's that she shouldn't have known that <laughs> like, like well okay well give us is there something you can give eh, us a little no, bit of an no, example I'll, of wait no? till the next wait wait we'll wait till the next one and if you, yeah, you better write yourself out. a note yeah, you better yeah. write yourself a note well like jacking in to stuff like not too crazy. Yeah. Possible. Feels within the realm Feels of spoilery to go too far though. To okay. Explain. All right. All right. All right. All right. Um, Sarah has coined neutropian, which I feel like is neutral. Neutral utopian. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. I don't know if, if neutropian. I like that. I like that. I don't know if, if, did you, did you coin, I saw you mention it earlier in a thread. I don't know if you, if you just, brainchild did that or if that's something you've heard before but i like it so i'll give you credit until told otherwise um but i dig it all right well that's that's i think well we've got for now yeah i think the conversation is still ongoing on this book i did finish it yesterday um when i dragged myself my dragged my my sad sack of of body parts out of the house and to the cafe to to read for a while um so yeah i finished it I finished it in Korea, like just in my, in, in down times, transit times on the trains, all of that. Good. And I enjoyed Good. it. I enjoyed it. It wasn't a like, well, I got nothing else to do. There were other things I could have done. I was always like, Ooh, here's my time to read the book. And was, I, I really nice. liked it. I've been on a wild roller coaster of reading, um, like kind of stuff related to the fourth wing. Uh-huh, like books uh-huh. in the vein of the fourth ring, just like one if after you another. The like fourth my wing, you might also like these books. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I've gone, I've read like six of them. Wow. Like since then it's nice. like, I'm just like powering through this entire genre. You can follow along on my Goodreads recently read picks. 
Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm, but I'm excited to pick the next one because I definitely feel like I want to do something spooky, spooky fantasy because I got October this time and I'm excited. We about got a it. good thread going, uh, in Discord. Yeah. 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 October spooky season, spooky season. I love my spooky season. Glug, glug, glug. Pumpkin spice latte. <laughs> Pumpkin spiced cider. <laughs> Pumpkins, boys. Okay, that's it. That's all I got. All right. Um, I think that wraps up our episode. <laughs> Thank you for bearing with us. Um, our show is entirely funded by you, our beautiful patrons. Uh, if you want to help support the show, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You can also support the show by buying books through our links. Find links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Hey, email us. Feedback at swordandlaser.com. <laughs> It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be complicated. (laughs) If you just want something that you know we're going to see, if you want us to see something, say something. Type it to (laughs) us. Say something to us. us. Specifically. Um, We are on Instagram and threads and Mastodon at Sword and Laser. And all of our discussions happen, uh, depending on who you are, at goodreads.com slash sword and laser or on the Sword and Laser Discord. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. This podcast is part of the Frog Pants Studios Network. For more information about this and other shows, visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.